Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. This is episode number 27 with CityFam. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and business coach, and I've decided to bring on other successful entrepreneurs to share their story and how they are helping others to do the impossible. Today, my guest is Rob Kowalski. He is a self-proclaimed former bad boy club promoter and stripper who experienced a radical transformation in his life that has now led him to becoming the founder and CEO of CityFam, an organization that helps people reach their full potential. And he is the author of Why Waiting Works. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me on, Amy. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You have quite a story to tell and a journey that you have walked through. And I'm wondering if you could just share with us some of the high-level journey that you have experienced and what has led you to where you are today. Sure. Uh, I'd love to tell you. So I, uh, like you said, I was a stripper and a nightclub promoter for most of my adult life. I uh, was born in Baltimore, born and raised here in Baltimore. And I talk about a little bit in my book, but you know, from the time I hit puberty, I I knew I wanted to be a stripper. Uh, you know, from about 14 years old, while my friends wanted to be cops or you know doctors or whatever, I wanted to be a stripper. So when I was 19, my five-year dream of becoming a male stripper came true. I started working for an agency here in Baltimore and went on to eventually work for them all. I was in the phone book. I was like, you know, the busiest guy in you know my area and uh i transitioned in my mid-20s to a nightclub promoting you know i started promoting nightclubs and that just added to the debauchery and uh you know my life was just a party and i got paid pretty well to do it i was popular and really liked being me to be honest and i you know didn't really think about god a whole lot uh, you know, very rarely would God cross my mind, you know, maybe to wonder if he was real would probably be about the extent of, uh, of my thoughts about God, but I definitely never really heard his voice. He never spoken to me or felt his presence in any way. And, you know, one day when I was 27 years old, I got called by him and that, that's just the only way I can describe it. But it became very clear to me that he was real and he was communicating with me and told me he had a purpose for my life. So it was like, you know, taking the red pill in the matrix. And after that, everything changed. Cause I, you know, I knew the truth, you know, and I, I had to make some hard decisions about the way that I was living, knowing right and wrong now. And I, uh, I quit stripping. I quit promoting. I broke up with my girlfriend at the time who I had been cheating on. I was abstinent for the next six years. And honestly, life got very boring and hard after that. It was a very hard journey for me to make those changes. And I ended up backsliding a few years later. I was, you know, attempting to, I had a very kind of edgy ministry, for lack of a better term. And I ended up backsliding and, you know, in Christianese is what they call it, and kind of made a mess of my life, you know, years after becoming a Christian, rededicated. Uh, this is back in 2011, rededicated. I got sober and, you know, set up better boundaries and have been following that path ever since. And over the last four years, I created an organization called City Fam, which you mentioned, and it really was 
a lot of it was based out of my my personal journey of self improvement. Not just so it's not a faith based organization, and I never want to limit it to people of faith. But you know, for me, when I was overcoming my vices and my addictions, and you know, the, just destructive habits, I guess um, life got like I said very boring. I was very lonely. I couldn't I, I couldn't find a group to hang out with or spend, you know, just to do anything with that I could relate to the people that I related to were in the bars and they were making bad decisions like I was. So I just sheltered myself this first six years. Like I mentioned, I just sheltered myself and that worked for a little while, but that's not a good long-term strategy for becoming your best self. Cause you need community. You need things to do people to do them with, but they have to be positive things or else you'll do negative things eventually because you just need people, you know, people join gangs for community. So you definitely need healthy community and it has to be people that you can actually relate to. So city fan for me was that filled that void. I created it really out of just for selfish purposes and it's made a huge difference in my life and in the lives of, you know, countless others since. And then, you know, in the last year, I've uh, written a book called Why Waiting Works, which you mentioned. I don't know if anyone in the history of the world has lived the polar extremes of sex that I have, because I've literally had, you know, so much casual sex, it would make your head spin. But then I've also been abstinent for 12 of the last 18 years. And when you live at those extremes, some things become very clear to you about what works, what doesn't work and why. And I believe that I can explain practically why it makes sense to wait to have sex until marriage better than anyone in the world. And that's what I attempt to do in the book. So what do you feel is important about your story and what really matters right now with what you're trying to accomplish? I think what's most important about my story is the fact that I have lived at such extremes. So I can speak to experiences and places that people can relate to that maybe others couldn't, you know, so I've gone down that road further than 99.9% of people ever will. And I know that it's a dead end. And I can explain to people all the ways that it's not working for you, you know, not just with sex, but with whatever you're doing. I, I guess I view it as like God for me when he called me is like Subway when they when they use Jared as their spokesperson, it's because he used to be fat, right? Yeah. So you, you can't have an after picture without a good before picture. And my before picture was so jacked up. Like uh, that's why God chose me because I was a mess. And I can tell people these are the things that you're doing that are causing these problems in your life. And I can explain to them very clearly why it's doing so. So I think that that seems to strike a chord with people. And also I'm not like you know, I, I am a Christian, as I mentioned, but I'm not this, you know, prepackaged like church, uh, you know, whatever guy, like I cuss, I, you know, I like the parties, I'm rough around the edges, but at the end of the day, I recognize there is a line. And if you cross that line, it's going to be bad for you. And I'll go right up to that line. So I know I rub church people the wrong way, probably because of the way I talk. But then I'll rub the world the wrong way because I'm like talking about things that are really hard, like not having sex before marriage, because it will fuck your life up, you know, if you do that. But again, cussing means nothing, you know, like, and I think sometimes people get things confused where we try to act so prim and proper, like, and we confuse things that, that don't matter with things that really do matter. Like cussing, if I stub my toe and I say shit, that doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt me. It may make me sound a little ignorant to someone, 
But if I go out and knock a girl up that's not my wife or I'm not in love with, that's going to jack my life up. You know what I mean? And sometimes people get all these things thrown on top of their back and they just reject it all because they're like, I can't do it. I yeah. can't live that way. So I'm like, look, let's get rid of the stuff that don't matter and let's just focus on what really does matter. You know, I see people that are Christians that are like, you know, they'll never say a cuss word, but they're not generous. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you missed the whole point, you know? So I want to get down to the things that matter and, and have a positive or, or a negative, uh, you know, impact on yours or someone else's life and talk about those things. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that's what strikes the chord most with people that come across my message. That's really good. And I agree because it's really easy to do a lot of things externally that mm-hmm. might be considered good. It's a whole nother level to transform from the inside out. And maybe you don't look perfectly shiny on the outside, but you've got a whole lot more going on on the inside that you've dealt with and that you're living by your convictions. If everyone could see the insides of everyone, you would kind of outperform everybody else that's just putting on the act. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I absolutely agree with that. I've seen that so many times in my life. So what are you grateful for now in your journey? I'm grateful for obviously mercy. You know, I feel like, you know, God's shown me a lot of it. I really don't know where I'd be without him. And I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned along the way because it shaped me into being the person that I am. You know, I don't think I, I would have a, such a firm understanding of the things that I do had I not lived at both sides of the spectrum, you know, in regards to spirituality and the flip side, the, the, the carnal side of it. But for a long time after I came out of that world, I didn't talk about it. You know, I kept my message inside. I, I had feelings and thoughts on things and I didn't talk about it because I was worried about how I would look to other people because I was so out there with it. You know, like I was in the phone book. I mean, everyone knew how I lived, you know, girls and pictures on social media and everything else. So when I started to figure everything out and I felt like I had something to say to help people avoid some pain and wasted time that I had experienced, I was worried about how it would look to other people. And for years, I didn't say anything and it frustrated me so badly. So now I've really found my voice. I'm over how I look to other people. I'm as out there as anyone can be with my message. And I'm really grateful because it's freedom. You know, number one, I get messages all the time from people that tell me how they're being inspired and encouraged by the content that I'm putting out. But also for me, you know, it just gives me an outlet to share and gives me purpose. And it gives me the the authenticity. I just love living in the, the freedom that it gives because like when you're able to say, look, this is who I was. These are the things that I did. I'm not doing those things anymore. But this is, and and you can talk about it like the devil can't hold it over you anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. So what do you feel your, is your truth now that fuels your passion for city fam and everything that you're doing now? I feel like there's just such a wide chasm between doing the right thing and enjoying life or having fun. And it keeps people from making the positive changes because when I started to make better choices, life got very boring and I'm great at making friends and I'm good at finding like-minded people or, you know, things that are fun. I'm, I'm not introverted. And it was so hard even for me 
that I feel like there's this disconnect between, like, like I said, doing the right thing and having fun and enjoying life. And I feel like there doesn't have to be. I mean, honestly, I can make an argument to say that I enjoy life more now because when I was out partying, you know, yeah, there were high highs, but there were also very low lows. It was a roller coaster, you know, so now it's what we call fun without regret at City Fam, where, we, you know, we have a good time and we'll push it right up to the edge. But there is no two steps forward and three steps back. There's no steps back. It's just two steps forward. And, and that to me is very fulfilling and very rewarding. And I always have things to do. I always have people to do them with and they're beneficial for me and, and the people around me. So I want to be part of removing that disconnect or whatever and help people see like, you know, that the, there is a different way to live and it doesn't have to be lame. So you created City Fam and you wrote Why Waiting Works. And so you've kind of described a little bit of what your intention around that is. So what is your, your hope in creating these things? And as you promote your book and what's the end goal? My end goal is to start a worldwide movement. You know, that's what I want to do because I really just believe in the power of community to transform a person. It did it for me. I did it through church. But when I look at church, I, I see that a lot of people don't go anymore. And I see there's a lot of problems in the world. And a lot of those problems I think could be fixed if people had a support system, if they had friends that actually cared about them, that would sacrifice for them, that would pull them up and that they could lean on in times of need. And then just go hang out with on the weekends, you know, just have a good group of people to do fun stuff with, but positive fun stuff. So I want to start a worldwide movement that transforms individuals through the power of community. And I just felt like the book was such a natural fit with CityFam because sex without commitment is anti-community. You know, it breaks relationships. And I didn't think of that before when I was living the way that I was living. A female would come into my life and if she was attractive and liked me and I liked her, we would have sex. But at some point, you look at the next person, you go, okay, I don't want to have sex with you anymore, girl A. I'm going to have sex with girl B now. Guess what happens to girl A? She's gone. She's not your friend. So there goes that relationship. So I personally burnt a lot of relationships with girls that could have just been great friends, you know, and maybe could have helped me in some way accomplish my purpose, or I could have helped accomplish her purpose. I really feel like the book is such a great fit with City Fam because City Fam is all about community. It's all about, hey, look, let's hang out. Let's help each other become the best version of ourselves. Let's have a good time. Let's go serve in our community. Let's volunteer, help some people that need it. And it makes life really rich when you have always have things to do and people to do them with, the birthday parties every weekend. And, you know, like there's always something to do every weekend because you have these great relationships. I just don't think a lot of people think about it when you're having sex before commitment you are burning relationships, you know? So yeah. I guess uh, that was a long answer. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's, good. that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to start a worldwide movement and we actually are, we have some tractors now starting in other parts of the country as you might already know. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that those that are listening can begin to create positive change in their life the way that you did? Like maybe there's somebody listening that, sure. you know, has a similar past. What would you say to them? I mean, I'd be remiss to, to not mention the first step is to put God first. You have to keep him in first place. Okay. Like, and there's so many things that are going to come along and try to compete with that spot, you know, a relationship with someone that you're interested in. It could be your career. It could be a numerous things. will try to take that spot. You have to be diligent about keeping God in first place. 
then for me, it really was as simple as just following a routine, you know, like, so I get up early, I spend some quiet time with God, I usually read a little bit of my Bible app, I try to, you know, read a couple verses or whatever, I I always say, if you want to grow, you got to eat, I try to read, you know, 10 pages, 30 minutes, whatever of a a self help book, at least a few times a week, I'll do some visualization. So I, I, I meet with a life coach periodically, and I'll I have a vision statement for my life and then I'll picture a scenario of, you know, my vision statement, what my life is going to be like in five years from now. I'll see some scene, you know, and I'll, I'll imagine it as vividly as I can, but then I'll also I'll, I'll visualize my day and know the things that I have to do, how I want to show up to certain meetings, how I want this call to go or whatever, you know, like, uh, so I'll do some visualization. I'll do gratitude, usually a few times a week where I write the things that I'm grateful for. And that helps me stay focused on things to be positive for. I work out a few times a week. I work. I have to work. And I got to go to church every Sunday and I got to volunteer. And then the last thing is I have to socialize with the right group of people because social is a part of us. Like I have to be around people every so often, you know, hang out with some friends, go to dinner, go to movies, go to whatever, you know, a renegade is what we call our city fam signature event. But I have to be around people, but it's got to be the right people every so often. And if I do those things consistently, if I continue to do those things, which is really simple when you think about it, it's just a routine, follow the routines over and over. And I perform at a high level. Now, if I stop doing any one of those things for too long, I could derail, I could get depressed, I could, you know, go out and whatever, get on Tinder. I don't think I'm going to do that. (laughs) I could do something if I don't do those things. So it's really just the discipline of following that routine over and over. You know, like if you wanted to ask somebody, hey, how do you get in shape? It's really pretty simple. It's like, okay, don't stick shit in your mouth that you shouldn't (laughs) and go get moving, go to the gym or whatever. Like it's really simple. But most people still won't do it because it requires discipline. So I've been following that routine that I just mentioned for like the last six and a half years. And it's great. It works for me. It's not always easy, though, because sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. Yeah, And that's okay. Not to say I get up early every morning and follow. But I would say most of those things I'm doing every day. And that's going to produce massive positive change in your life. The other thing I would mention, too, is if you're out there and you're wanting to make changes and the program that that have been part of the program have heard it. It's people, places, and things. Just change. Change the people, places, and things. When I made the positive changes in my life, I cut everyone off. You know, I knew that I could not help them and help myself at the same time. Now I can go back and help them one by one because I'm I have a great support system that I'm connected to and I can pull them up one by one. But in order for me to make the positive changes, I had to cut everybody off. I had to stop going to all the places that I went to and stop doing the things that I did. And that was how I was able to get sober. I plugged in at my church. I literally told my pastor, I'm going to stick to you like glue. And I was with him as much as I could be with him. Like, you know, he was about my age, a couple of years younger, but I was, at, you know, weddings that he officiated. I was at little kids' birthday parties, just places a grown man should not go by himself. I was like, I just knew <laughs> I had to be with him. And I was like, I know if I hang out with you, you're going to rub off on me. So I stuck to him like glue. So I guess, you know, the last thing I would say is find an accountability partner because that's really what he was for me. And I just stuck to him. And if whatever, I was honest with him about, you know, where I was at, what I was going through. And it just, it worked. So talk a little bit about your book. Sure. I like to say it's the most practical book that's ever been written on waiting to have sex. Uh, I feel like a lot of, you know, books that I, at least that I've read on, 
the subject. I'll come at it from a very spiritual or biblical standpoint. And there definitely is some Bible in there, but I just approach it practically because of the experiences that I've went through. And I wanted to explain it. So regardless of where you're at, if you have a faith affiliation or not, I think, you know, people see value in it. And even the people that do have a faith affiliation, a lot of times they're just not really told why they should, you know, like in church, you just kind of like, you know, I, I spent a few years in, in churches as a kid and they didn't really say why not to, they just said you should. And I wasn't about to buy into that, any of that with, you know, so I went out and had the experience firsthand and now I know why, and I can break it down, you know, very clearly. So I have the number one video in the world on waiting to have sex right now on YouTube called the 10 reasons not to have sex before marriage. And I think the reason that it resonates with people is because it's just so practical. It's almost would be like someone trying to argue that exercise isn't good for you. You know, like it's that ridiculous when you think about it. So it's not easy though. It's, it's it, again, it's very difficult. Like I'm still super tempted to, to even knowing that it's the wrong thing. It, you know, I'm still tempted to do it, but I do know that what the right way is and the book breaks it down. And, you know, I've had people that read it said, Hey, this has caused me to reevaluate my life in so many ways. And it's just really awesome to know like that God is able to take somebody. I was a hot mess and he took my story and he did something positive with it. And it's like only God could do that. Yeah. So how can people get involved in city fam or home? And and you haven't talked that much about home. I know that you're still sure. kind of putting that together, but maybe you can explain home a little bit yeah. and, and how people can get involved. Sure. Before I tell you about city fam. So home, we, we're going to call it home because there's no place like home. Like literally there's no place like this in the world. And it was going to be a bar, but it's going to be a bar. that's very different than any other bar in the world. I, I view it as a bar that that you would become the best version of yourself in and that you could get sober in actually, if you hung out long enough. So most bars, obviously, if you hang out long enough, you probably will become the worst version of yourself or you'll drink more. But this is going to be a place of community where people, especially members of city fam can come together, build relationships with each other. I mean, if they want to have a beer or, or wine or whatever, we even have liquor there, you know, that's okay because I don't think that those things are wrong in and of themselves. Now it's more about, you know, whether you're, you're overindulging, but the difference here is going to be the culture of the the place. It's going to be about uh, helping people and pulling each other up. And I really, the idea came from when I made these radical changes, I was looking for a place like this. Like I was looking for something to do on the weekends and I couldn't find it. So, you know, what I would do is I would show, I would stay in for about three months and I would go to the movies a lot. And then after about three months, I would get so pent up with energy that I'd be like, I got to be around people. I go to the bars because that's where my friends were. I drink too much or smoke a bunch of cigarettes or whatever. And then I'd feel guilty and I'd stay in for another three months. And then I this cycle repeated for six years. And I'm like, you know, this is crazy. So I want to create a place that people, it, the culture of the organization is, is good. And the people there are good. And, you know, like I often say, I like going to bars with the city fam people because it's a hundred people going in the same direction as me. If I go to a bar and I'm going this way and 99 people are going that way, that sucks because I'm just being tempted the whole time that I'm there and it's no fun. Now, like I said, with city fam, it's great. I mean, a, a bar is great. There's music there. There's food. I can get a, a soda or whatever. I mean, like there's, there's girls there. There, you know, we there, it, bars can be fun even when, when you're sober and doing the right thing if you're with the right group. So, I want to create a place, you know, versus waiting for people to crash and burn and go to 
a 12-step recovery or hit a crisis before they'll ever attend a church or wherever the thing is that they're looking for to get the help that they need, we could just put it in a social setting because it's a lot easier to get people to a place that's fun, you know, versus trying to get them to a place where they've already been court ordered and, you know, now they have to go to NA because they've already wrecked their life. Like that's a terrible strategy. It's like, let's just meet people where they are and then help them figure it out before they ever hit rock bottom. So that to me is what home is going to be about. And I feel like it's so needed. And it goes back to us removing that chasm, that gap between doing the right thing and becoming the best version of yourself and enjoying life and having fun. Like, let's remove that, you know, and that's what, that's what home will do. So if anybody wants to get more info about CityFam, they can go to CityFam.com. There's a join the fam button. They click that. They give us their email uh, and you'll start getting our emails. Now, most of our events are in the Baltimore area, but we do have some chapters starting up in other parts of the country. Right now, we have uh, Houston, Texas, New York City, Newark, Delaware, and I think Phoenix and LA are about to start. So if you live in another part of the country or the world, even you could hit that start a chapter button and fill it out and we'll schedule a call with you and tell you what to do. And there's also a let me know when you come to my area. So if if you're not really thinking like that, you could lead one, but you just want to know if we ever get to you, we can put you on a list. So that's how you can get involved. All right. So I have two more questions for you. Sure. How do you want the world to be different because you lived in it? You know, I wouldn't. I want people to know that it's never too late to become the best version of themselves. I think that a lot of times and myself included is that you get confused with what you've done with who you are. And I know that I lived there for a long time because I just thought that I was a bad person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you're not what you've done, you know? So whatever you've done, that's not your identity. And I want to make the largest impact of any human being that's ever lived on other people, you know, helping them become the best version of themselves. And I feel like if God were to use me in that way, it would be not only a huge testament to his grace and mercy, but also an example for others to see, like, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you come from, that even an ex stripper you know what I mean? That God can use in such a powerful way. So that would is what I would want my legacy to be, to help as many people become the best version of themselves, more than anyone maybe that's ever lived. That's my goal. That's awesome. So if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out as an entrepreneur and building your dreams, what would it be? Don't do it. No, it's been a painful journey. I think probably the you know biggest lessons that I'm learning is I get, I'm always looking on, you know, I'm, I'm such a visionary that I, you need to do the absolute best with what God gives you and puts in your hand before you even think about getting more. So sometimes I would do things half-assed because I'm so, I'm so focused on the future Yeah, and, and you don't ever get to the future because you're doing things half-assed in the present. So I would say, you know, slow down. It's, not a sprint. It's a marathon. Cause I wanted, I was just so excited about the vision that I wanted to build it so quickly that I was impatient in a lot of ways. I worked really hard, probably harder than I really had to. So I would say, you know, just take your time. Don't get ahead of God, you know, cause it doesn't work out. It's just frustrating when you try to, and just do the absolute best with whatever he puts in your hand and then he will give you more. That's great. So I want to mention again that if you want to contact Rob, 
His website is robkowalski.com. And I will actually put that on my website. And cityfam.com is where you can connect with CityFam. The social media, again, is very similar at Rob Kowalski and at the CityFam. You can also find Rob on YouTube and his book you can get at whywaitingworks.com. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been amazing. Thanks for having me, Amy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. So again, if you want more information about this podcast, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening in. Have a wonderful week.